Welcome to the Nutrition by Carmen podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. I am so excited to chat about the topic I have ready to go this week because I think it is something maybe not all of us, but a lot of us can relate to. And that is about your gut health. So the topic today is how to improve your gut health. And these are all strategies that are backed by scientific research. So there are legitimate articles, studies, all of that kind of stuff to support everything I'm going to talk about today. Um, That is really the basis of a lot of the things I speak about, um, if it isn't backed by science, you probably won't hear me talk about it. Um, so again, this is a really, really important topic because there's so many people out there that experience gut health issues. And so I'm so excited to chat about it today. Now, if you've been listening to this podcast for a while, first of all, thank you so much. Secondly, if you've been listening, but you have yet to leave me a written rating and review, I would so appreciate if you could do that today. Pause this episode and just give me a quick 30-second review. Um, It really, really helps this podcast reach more people, um, which is the goal. I want as many people out there to get this podcast on their page and that all starts from your ratings and reviews. So thank you again so much for all of that and just for the support in general. All right, so let's dive in here. So if you are someone that experiences bloating, upset stomachs, gas, or other unfortunate feelings when it comes to the toilet... This really is an episode that you want to listen to. And yes, it's not, you know, the most comfortable of topics, but we're all human beings. We've all experienced this kind of stuff. And so I'm going to just go for it here. So bear with me. Um, As I mentioned before, I am going to outline some strategies really to help anyone dealing with this kind of discomfort. And again, everything I'm about to chat about has scientific research to back all of it. I want to remind you all that bloating and regular upset stomachs are not actually normal. And so if you are someone who has been quote-unquote bloated or quote-unquote constipated for 10, 20 years that is not normal and we really need to figure out what's going on there and get to the root of that issue. Um, At the end of this episode, I'm also going to just chat a little bit about um, the green glow drink that um, you might have seen me post on my Instagram if you follow me at Nutrition by Carmen. Um, it's the green glow drink or the de-bloat drink. Um, you know, it's a really amazing addition to my diet that I am so happy I discovered. Um, it's amazing, but I'll chat, I'll talk all about that sort of towards the end of the episode if you wanted more info on it. So first things first here, have you ever been in a situation where you have to say one of the following things. I need to be close to a washroom. Or declining plans out because you are quote-unquote busy. Or, and this one makes me laugh, have the worst farts where you think they might burn down your house. And I laugh because, you know, like I said earlier, it's just a topic that so many of us are so uncomfortable speaking about, but let's be honest, we've all had horrible farts. I mean, if you haven't, I would love to hear from you because that is impressive. But, you know, if we've had really 
uncomfortable stomach situations, um, you know, that has happened to so many of us. And even as a nutrition coach, I get a little, you know, uncomfortable chatting about this stuff, but you know, we're all human beings. We all have gone through something like that. So let's just really be open and honest here and really get into it. So if you are somebody that, you know, has been in a situation where you've needed a washroom right there, or you are scared to go out with friends because you want a bathroom close by, you know, that is so unfortunate. And I'm hoping today the strategies I'm about to chat about will help turn some of that around. So the things I mentioned, um, these are types of GI or gastrointestinal symptoms, um, gas, bloating, indigestion. Um, They can be very, very inconvenient for you and your life as a whole. And, you know, so in this episode, I'm going to chat about things like exercise and stress how those things can affect your health and microbiome. If you are someone that is on antibiotics or has taken antibiotics in the past, how you can and should restore your gut health. Um, Should we be taking more fiber in? Um, You know, my thoughts on fermented foods for gut health and what if any supplements can help things like constipation, heartburn, bloating, and all of that lovely stuff. So those are sort of the things I'm going to hit on today. Now, before we get into any of that, we need to actually know what we're talking about. So I'm sure you've all heard, or most of you have heard, maybe you haven't, of the term microbiome. But what exactly is the microbiome? So your microbiome, it's a grouping of microorganisms. So things like fungi, bacteria, and all of their genetic material that essentially live on your skin, live in your mouth, in your lungs, and throughout your whole digestive tract. Um, It's actually crazy because researchers estimate that between 10 to 100 trillion, that's trillion with a T, microorganisms live in your GI tract alone, which is insane. So when someone's talking about their microbiome, just think of, you know, it's a grouping of all of these microorganisms, bacteria, fungi, all that sort of stuff. So the amount of bacteria and fungi will also change throughout your life depending on a variety of things like your diet uh, quality, food choices, exercise and daily movement, stress, genetics, age, body composition, and a whole bunch of other things that affect all of that that goes on within your gut microbiome, which is crazy. We don't really think about you know, how do my genetics play a part? What does stress have to do with it? All of those things truly can affect what happens within your microbiome. The bacteria and fungi within your microbiome are so incredibly important, which is why we're chatting about this today. They can help keep your skin, your gums, and your digestive tract healthy all while helping with things like producing small amounts of nutrients that our bodies actually need. They can help keep things moving, aka, you know, regular bowel movements, um, because those bacteria and fungi, they bulk up our stool and they help to increase gut mobility. They also help to regulate inflammation and the immune system. Um, They help with fermenting fiber And the list just really, really goes on. The one thing that is for certain is that your gut bacteria play a critical, critical role in your overall health and well-being. And so we're going to dive in to how to support the gut, I mean the gut, how to support the bacteria 
in the gut, which will promote a really healthy digestive system. So let's chat about ways that we can support our gut health because, oh my gosh, if we don't have our gut health, we are miserable and it is not a fun place to be if we don't have a healthy gut. Number one on my list, chew your food. So if you are a nutrition client of mine, if you're a past client, If you follow me on Instagram, you will have heard me talk about this before. When you slowly chew your food, you are breaking your meal down into smaller, more digestible bits. So those smaller pieces also increase the amount of surface area for our digestive enzymes to work on which basically means it is easier to pass this broken down food through your GI system. And that is why it is so important to chew your food, eat without distraction, and really take your time eating your meal. So many of us, and I've definitely been guilty of this before, tend to wolf our food down and we eat so fast that we don't even realize a what the heck we've eaten b you know how fast we've eaten and so when you are eating too quickly you are essentially swallowing larger pieces of food and actually you're also taking in a decent amount of air as well and so the combination of eating too big of pieces of food, plus having air go through your system while you're eating that, these two things can cause indigestion, bloating, and the rest of all of that unpleasant tummy stuff that goes on with us. And it's also so much harder for our digestive enzymes to actually digest pieces of food that are too big. And I've outlined this before with um, some of my nutrition clients who have struggled with eating their food slowly. So I get these clients to set a timer for 20 minutes. And when that timer goes off and they're setting this timer right before they have a meal, so they set that. When the timer goes off, they should still have some food left on their plate. And it's unbelievable when my clients message me after they've done this because they will have eaten most of the food and there's about 16 minutes left on the timer, which means they have eaten whatever's on their plate in four minutes, which is crazy. But I totally get this um, because I used to be here as well. So really pay attention to your food and what you are eating. How many times have I seen people looking at their phone while they're eating a meal and they're not even looking at the food that they're eating. They're just looking at their phone, scrolling through Instagram, wolfing down whatever This happens all the time. And then a result of that is that A, we do not feel nutritionally satisfied and B, we don't understand why we are so bloated. So I'm telling you, if you are somebody right now that is having any sort of GI issue, start with chewing your food slowly, chewing it down 10 to 20 bites before you swallow This is such a game changer. Second on my list here is to eat a wide variety of shocking news, whole foods with single or minimal ingredients where possible. Again, if you've followed me on Instagram, listen to other podcasts I put out there, I might sound like a bit of a broken record here, but... This is another top priority. This variety of whole foods with minimal ingredients is really the foundation of my nutrition programs, but also 
a healthy diet and lifestyle. So things like your colorful vegetables, delicious whole grains, you know, some starches like your yams and sweet potatoes, things like beans, fruit, and other whole foods that are plant-based. They do incredible things for your gut and your gut health. So having foods and a variety of these types of foods as well, because each of these foods have their own nutrient profile. And so when you have a variety of fruits and veggies and whole grains and starches, you're really maximizing the amount of micronutrients you're ingesting, which is so important because these types of foods are what feed your gut bacteria. Now, when the bacteria chows down on fiber, it multiplies and it contributes to a bacterial diversity, which as we've already heard is super important for a healthy gut. And the second thing that um, these types of foods provide bacteria with are, you know, micronutrients or something called phytochemicals or aka polyphenols. And I know those are big words, but those things can be transformed into antioxidant and anti-inflammatory compounds. So it's critical. Um, You know, the phytochemicals you'll get from your fruits and veggies. um, And an example of a phytochemical is that polyphenol, Polyphenols are reducing agents and together with other dietary reducing agents like vitamin C, vitamin E, um, you know, antioxidants, these things protect the body's tissues against oxidative stress and other pathologies, you know, such as cancers, heart disease, inflammation, all of that kind of stuff. So it is so important to get a wide variety of these types of whole foods with minimal ingredients in your diet on a regular basis. Now, on the other hand, if you have primarily a diet that consists of highly processed foods, the diversity and activity of your microbiome reduces significantly And that basically means that you have a less active microbiome. And when you have a less active microbiome, there may be increased risk of disease. It may affect your hunger and your appetite and lots of other things as well. So I'm not saying here that you cannot have highly processed foods. Absolutely not. There is a place for you know, fun foods, as I like to call them. I love a burger and fries. I love ice cream, pizza, a really good cookie. You know, there's a place in your lifestyle and diet for these types of foods. But I'm just saying that the majority of the foods you eat should be whole foods with these single or minimal ingredients because that will give you the most diverse and the most active microbiome, which is critical for gut health, for preventing disease. It is just so important. So something I like to do, and I've spoken about before, is I typically will buy the same fruits and veggies every single week, but I will always make a point to try one new vegetable every single week. You know, if it's been a while since I've had um, zucchini. I'll get a zucchini and maybe the next week I'll add, um, eggplant to my grocery list. You know, just getting something different in there every single week really, really helps diversify your diet and what you're taking in. So that is just a little helpful hint. Um, so first we've spoken about chewing your food, eating slowly, Second, we've chatted about having a wide variety of whole foods with single and minimal ingredients. And now I want to talk about, you know, quite a big thing that is out there and has been out there for a while now. And it is the discussion around fermented foods. I'm sure some of you listening have heard that 
fermented foods are crucial for gut health. Um, you know, things like kombucha, sauerkraut, yogurt, kimchi, um, pickled foods, all of those fermented type foods you may have heard are quote unquote good for your gut health because of the bacterial cultures in those foods um, that help feed the gut bacteria. Um, So this is very, very interesting because to be completely transparent, I was one of those people that thought loading pickles onto my sandwich or eating a bucket load of yogurt would help with my gut health. But on the topic of fermented foods, the only thing that is actually truly supported by high quality evidence and research is that kefir, which is, um, and that's spelled K-E-F-I-R. It's basically a fermented dairy product that can help with promoting a healthy gut. Um, That is the one fermented product that is supported by scientific evidence and research that will help with gut. Now, this isn't to say that having things like yogurt, sauerkraut, and pickles won't do anything um, because there are some benefits to having those things. Um, I love all of those items and I eat them regularly, but there isn't enough research or evidence just yet on the true effects of these other fermented products on the microbiome. And so here I would just say, eat them to enjoy them. And that's amazing. But just keep in mind that there isn't a guarantee or a significant amount of evidence that says they will improve your digestion. The one item that is backed again is kefir, K-E-F-I-R. But yeah, continue having your pickles and yogurt and all that stuff if you love it. You, there's no harm in continuing eating that sort of thing. All right, next huge topic when it comes to our gut health, our microbiome, our bowel movements, how regular we are. This is talking about fiber. So are we getting enough fiber? Should we supplement with fiber? So if you are someone that eats a really well-balanced whole foods diet, that likely means that your diet is already naturally rich in fiber, which is amazing. And adding more fiber through a supplement, for example, to an already really well-balanced diet may not actually contribute to improving your digestive health. Um, On top of that, some people are really, really sensitive to compounds called FODMAPs. And you may have heard of the FODMAP diet. I'm not even going to bother telling you what it stands for because it's Six very long words. Um, You can Google it if you want to know what it stands for. But they're basically fermentable carbohydrates um, that are found in specific fiber-rich foods. And so if somebody is sensitive to one or more of these compounds, they can experience gas, bloating, loose stools, or even irregular stools, Um, so a lot of people will try an elimination diet if they think there is something in one of those foods that might be causing them a little bit of stomach upset. Um, now I want to talk about when should you look to implement a fiber supplement? So if you are struggling to eat minimally processed foods, this could be an opportunity. Um, If you're struggling to eat minimally processed foods, this might be because you can't readily access them or maybe you're not able to tolerate the taste. So in this instance, I would consider supplementing with a mix of soluble and insoluble fiber, 
which I will talk about the difference of those two things in a moment. Um, But also, again, experiment with adding whole foods like fruits, your veggies, whole grains, beans, lentils um, for more fiber and an overall nutrition boost. So that's a situation where you might implement a fiber supplement. Um, The other situation is if you eat mostly minimally processed foods, but you do not eat carbohydrates. So basically, you're eating mostly non-starchy vegetables. Um, Non-starchy veggies are your things like potatoes, sweet potatoes, and yams. Um, Maybe you're also eating mostly animal proteins and healthy fats. Now, if your gut functions well, you do not likely need to make any changes here. However, if your poops are infrequent, irregular, they're hard to pass, they're very small, like small little droplets kind of coming out, um, this is where you might consider adding more soluble fiber. So that would be through foods like your lentils, your oats, um, sweet potatoes, or through a supplement. Now, again, if you are someone that's followed me on Instagram, I've thrown in a fiber supplement every so often to my smoothie. And that is um, an Arbonne supplement called Gut Health. And it's a fiber Uh, a prebiotic fiber supplement. And basically it's amazing because it has no taste at all. And I will typically add it in to my smoothie or if I'm making oatmeal. So each serving of this, it's a vegan, it's a gluten-free product. It provides 12 grams of soluble fiber, which is just about half of the recommended daily allowance. We should be aiming to get between 25 to 30 grams of fiber per day. Um, now, this particular fiber supplement, it's designed to support you know, healthy living through a healthy gut. Um, and like I said, you can add it so easily to food and smoothies because it doesn't have any taste. Now, I have I would consider a really healthy diet. I eat veggies every day. I have fruits every day. I mix up my protein sources every day. Um, But there is definitely the odd time where I am just so on the go. And, you know, there might be a day or two where I haven't made it to the grocery store to get my veggies or fruit. And so in these situations, this is sort of where I look to add in this fiber supplement just to really support my gut health when I know I'm not getting as many fruits and veggies as I should be. So that is one of the reasons I just have the product on hand ready to go. Um, And definitely if there are weeks where my diet is super dialed, I'm getting in all the nutrition through veggies and fruit, then obviously I'm not going to add the supplement in because that could send me overboard. Um, But it's just a really great option to have if I'm, you know, like I said, not getting in the amount of veggies that I would have liked. Um, So that is an incredible fiber supplement. It is tasteless, which is great because you won't even know it's been added to your food. Um, so if you're interested in that, let me know. You can message me on Instagram, um, and I can set you up with getting that. Um, now the other reason why you may need a fiber supplement is because you, like I've sort of mentioned, you might be a person that is already eating a really good variety of minimally processed foods, However, you are still struggling with bloating or constipation and the rest of it. And if that's the case, before you supplement with anything, so even if you know you're like, oh, actually, Carmen, can I get some of that um, fiber supplement you're talking about? If you already have a really great diet, 
it wouldn't be a bad idea to speak to your doctor or healthcare practitioner first just to rule out any food allergies, intolerances, or any other causes of digestive distress. Um, Because if that's the case, then a fiber supplement won't be super helpful if it is a specific food you are intolerant to. So it's never a bad idea to just chat with your doctor or healthcare practitioner just to make sure you know, things are good, you're not having any intolerances to food. And of course, if that is the case, then definitely this fiber supplement might be really, really helpful for you. Um, Now, I mentioned earlier, there are two types of fiber. And I just want to quickly go over those because I know it can be confusing. So there are soluble fiber and there are insoluble fibers. So soluble fiber absorbs water. So when the, this fiber absorbs water, it creates a gel-like substance that soften, softens our poop. So it also feeds the gut bacteria. Things like beans, your whole grains, legumes, These are things that are rich in soluble fiber. And so, you know, you want to have a variety of those types of food as well because it just allows your poop to get a little soft, which just makes it easier to pass through your system. So that's soluble fiber. It absorbs water. Insoluble fiber does not dissolve in water. So insoluble fiber, it adds bulk or weight to our poops, which makes it easier and often faster to pass. So if you're having soluble and insoluble fibers, you're getting that gel-like substance with the soluble fiber that softens your stool. And then with the insoluble fiber, you're adding weight or bulk to your stool, which will just make it easier to pass. So insoluble fiber helps improve your regular bowel movements. It also reduces the risk of GI symptoms and bowel diseases as well. So many non-starchy vegetables um, and wheat bran are really, really good sources of insoluble fiber. Um, Again, when I'm talking about non-starchy vegetables, I'm talking about, um, you know, your cucumbers, your carrots, your celery, your zucchini. Starchy veggies are those things like potatoes, yams, and all of that. So that's why it's just so important to get a wide variety of these veggies into your diet. Now, If you are currently eating a very low fiber diet and you start incorporating a bunch more fiber, either through your whole minimal foods or supplements, there can be an adjustment period. And I want you to know that because it's a bit of a balancing act. Um, Now, for example, if you know, for a couple weeks after you've added in fiber, after maybe not having the most fiber-rich diet, you may notice kind of, you know, your stomach gurgling. There might be some gas. Um, You might have changes in sort of your bowel activity. Um, My nutrition clients, if they haven't had a diet rich in fiber and then they start my program, a really common symptom of that is going to the washroom, going poop multiple times a day because your body is just getting used to regulating the amount of fiber that you're having and that's okay. It will balance itself out and my clients 100% of the time become regular, but it's just sort of that um, adjustment period to be aware of and do not give up on the fiber, everybody. Keep going because it will balance out and you will feel so much better. Um, Though with that being said, if it becomes really, really uncomfortable, you are 
farting at work, you've got a really loud stomach, scale back a little bit and just see how that feels. And then you can reintroduce more fiber more slowly when you're ready. So hopefully that makes sense. Um, And kind of like I said, eventually, and you have to give it the time and the consistency, um, most people adjust and they end up finding that their appetite, digestion, overall health um, have benefited immensely from adding in this fiber. So it is so important. And again, if we're aiming for between 25 to 30 grams a day, that's a really, really great target to start with. All right. Something I'm going to chat about but not spend too much time on here are antibiotics. And you might be thinking, well, what the heck does this have to do with gut health? Um, so if you have to take antibiotics, if you're on antibiotics or if you've been on antibiotics, you have to add some good bacteria back into your diet. So antibiotics um, might be essential and usually at some point during our lives, we've all taken antibiotics. I've taken antibiotics when I was sick. Um, you know, a lot of people have to at some point be on antibiotics for one reason or another. Now, just to clarify and make it very, very clear, only a doctor can decide when antibiotics are or are not appropriate. So I would not tell anybody to take antibiotics. That has got to come from your doctor. Um, so just know that, and I am not a doctor as a reminder as well. Um, now antibiotics are associated with less microbial diversity in the gut, kind of like that high processed diet. Um, they are also associated as well with an increase of quote unquote bad bacteria. Um, for example, salmonella. So in healthy people, gut bacteria levels recover pretty well, but not perfectly after antibiotics are taken. So there are tons and tons and tons of studies on the effects of the microbiome after taking antibiotics. And so in some cases, probiotics can help the bacteria in your gut if you are taking an antibiotic. Now, something to really consider is that everyone responds differently to probiotics, and that is because of all of the bacteria in the microbiome. They are all different, Um, and so it's very individualized. And so again, this is something, depending on what antibiotic you have taken or are on, this is a really great question for your doctor and ask, you know, should you be supplementing with a probiotic as you take your antibiotic? So that's just a little blurb there. So if you have to go on antibiotics, maybe just have this as a little red flag alert um, that, okay, maybe I should just check in with my doctor about this and see if I should be, you know, adding in a probiotic or just balancing out the fiber-rich foods in your diet. Now, the I think this is the last one. What I want to talk about here is movement and how movement can affect your gut health. So it's incredible, honestly. Physical activity and cardiovascular fitness are associated with more microbial diversity. And that is what we want. We want a whole array of different bacteria and fungi in our stomach because that just helps digestion, bloating, all of that sort of stuff. When we exercise, we are stimulating what's called the parasympathetic nervous system. This is also known as your rest and digest system. So not only does this have an overall relaxing effect on the body 
and the mind as well, but it also encourages movement in your digestive tract, which helps with both digestion and elimination. Now, something I've chatted to some of my clients about is people that are getting their steps in are finding that they are farting a lot while they are walking. And oh my gosh, this happens to me and I am, you know, not embarrassed to talk about it because there are times I'm going on a walk and I'm like, oh my gosh, I just, I have to fart. (laughs) And that is such a good sign, you guys. So if you're on a walk, don't hold those farts in. Just let them out because as I mentioned, when you're exercising, your rest and digest system is activated. So it has that relaxing effect on the body. And when we're relaxed, we fart. Um, you know, your poop is well formed. Your poop is easy to pass. It doesn't hurt. It is all connected. Um, that is such a great sign of a healthy gut. And that has to do with movement. And the only type of exercise I ask my nutrition clients to incorporate into their every single day routine in life is walking. Because walking, and oh, here I go, sounding like a broken record again, is if not the single most amazing, best, valuable exercise you can do for your overall health. There is science to back up that it is the one thing that will contribute to not only a healthy lifestyle, but a longer, healthier lifestyle. I don't know about you guys, but I want to be 80, 85 years old, walking the seawall without a walker, without a cane, without issue. And I want to be able to do that. And that is why without fail, I make a point to get at least 7,500 steps in every single day because the benefits of that are just unbelievable. And I totally understand if you're like, walking just seems so easy. That is the best thing ever. It's free. It's easy. Most of us have the ability to do it and the effects on our health is unreal. And so movement, 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 everybody. Um, the last thing I want to chat about here is that supplements. Now, as I sort of touched on earlier in this episode, supplements can help with your indigestion, bloating, gas, and the rest of it. Um, If you have mild indigestion, gas, or any issues with pooping, and there's not any obvious culprits or any obvious solutions to you, this is where supplements may give that extra little nudge to get your digestion and elimination back on track. Now, something I have sort of talked about, but not in full depth, is that the beginning of this year, um, I had some serious digestive issues. And it was very frustrating because I am somebody that has a well-balanced diet. Um, You know, I eat healthy most of the time, but unfortunately, there was something wrong with you know, what was going on in my GI tract. And things are definitely better now. They're not perfect. However, um, I continue to eat my really, really healthy diet, but I have implemented the de-bloat drink or the glow drink, which I'm sure you've seen me post about on Instagram or talk about. Um, this is a trio of three supplements from Arbon again that are incredible. And I just want to say that I would never talk or promote something that I really didn't A, believe in, or B, at least try myself to see the benefits of. And the Green Gut Glow Drink is 
unbelievable as i said <laughs> it is so good and so it's a combination of a greens powder which has 36 fruits and veggies it has um a collection of probiotics um and botanicals that help support the gut microbiome it helps with digestion and then the third component of this drink is called the skin elixir it's a collagen support and that the combination of these three things you're getting your added benefit of micronutrients through the greens which as i mentioned is so important you're getting a really healthy dose of probiotics through the gut health powder which supports your microbiome it feeds that gut bacteria and then the skin elixir i call it skincare from the inside out because it is amazing for growing hair strong nails and glowing skin it's just unbelievable um, my hair has actually never been as long as it is now my nails are strong my skin is great so the green gut glow or the de-bloat drink is something that I have implemented every single day and I have not yet experienced a day of bloating, constipation, or any of that. Um, the fourth thing I love to add to this drink is one of my energy fizz sticks. Um, there's a whole variety of flavors. The unbelievable thing about this drink is and listen up if you are a coffee lover that is trying to reduce your caffeine intake there is natural caffeine in the fizz stick and so i have gone from having one to two cups of coffee every single day without fail to having maybe maybe three to four cups of coffee every week and that is crazy to me because I used to be so dependent on coffee, but because I've implemented the glow drink into my routine, that is what I so look forward to. Um, it is unbelievable. And right now with Arbonne, um, for the remainder of the month of April, there is a sale on the glow drink. So I will put that link in the show notes if you are interested in it it is such a game changer and again i am not you know relying on the glow drink to cure everything that's going on with me i'm adding that into my already really healthy diet and so that's something important to point out um you know for most people though the basics really really can help and I always tell people to start by chewing their food slowly. That's as basic as we can get, but that is true. You know, fat loss in general, it comes down to the basics, but it is also consistency that is key with really anything. And so if you are just chewing one meal slowly and you find that that didn't work, and you give up, well, you honestly haven't given it a good enough chance. You can't just add in one new vegetable and hope for the best. You have to trial and error and really take your time doing so. I'm talking about doing this stuff for four to six weeks consistently, consistently. The best news here is that if you are somebody that is looking to improve your gut health, some motivation here is that changes in your microbiome can happen within 24 hours of switching up your diet. So within a single day, you can already start to see and make some changes that your gut bacteria will benefit from. And this is in such a short period of time, which is amazing. But again, it's sort of like you have to just stick with it and not give up if you don't see the immediate benefit because there will not be an immediate benefit that you can see or feel, but your microbiome will be able to feel that benefit because of the implementation that you're putting into your diet through 
a variety of foods, movement, chewing your food slowly, incorporating enough fiber, all of the stuff that I chatted about. Um, And it's kind of like my nutrition programs as well. Huge changes can happen in such a short period of time. Um, But again, it's those clients that are consistent day in and day out with their program, with their movement, with their stress management. Those are the people that will see huge results within two to three weeks. And I'm not even kidding. Um, So I really, really hope this episode was helpful for all of you. Even if you don't have gut health issues, it's such an important topic because you know, you might be someone that struggles with this at some point in the future, and you can always refer back to this episode, listen to what I've outlined here, and just know that it's not super complicated and that there's things that you can do even today to make sure that your gut is healthy, you are feeling good, you are having regular bowel movements, and you aren't having to cancel plans or not commit to things because you have to be close to a washroom. That is just not a way to live. And I don't want anyone having to suffer with that kind of stuff because it's just awful. Um, And again, I will link in the show notes um, to the fiber supplement I take and the Green Glow de-bloat drink as well. Again, there is a sale on the Glow Drink for this month. I am definitely stocking up on mine um, because, again, it is such a game changer, not only for bloating and your digestion, but also I cannot believe how little coffee I have. Even working early in the morning, my craving comes from the Glow Drink and not coffee. Anyways, that aside, I really, really hope you found value in this episode. Hopefully there's one piece of information in here that you can take and run with and start to implement. And I really hope you have a healthy, happy gut. And with that being said, thank you so much for listening to this episode all the way through. I so appreciate it. And again, please leave me a five-star rating and written review so that we can get this podcast out there to as many amazing people as humanly possible. Thank you all so much for listening, and I will see you on the very, very next episode. Take care.